Hey everyone, this is Rabbi Josh Bolton. I'm the director of the Jewish Renaissance Project at Penn Hillel. And this is Patty Anton. I'm the chaplain with the Muslim Life Program here at Penn. Thanks for joining us for uh, the second part of a series of conversations that we've been having um, about spirituality, about life here at Penn. Um, today we got together to talk about the subject of resilience. We ended up talking about a number of different things from a number of different perspectives. Uh, we talked about some the importance of our own personal and traditional stories and rituals. And what else did we talk about? How to deal with a world that sucks sometimes. How to deal with a world that sucks sometimes, hopefully not every day. And even if it does every day, we figure out some way of... Uh... Anyway, here's our conversation for today. My guess is there's some shared space, but I just wanted to like spend a moment or two thinking with you about like why here at Penn this year um, it seems like the conversation around resilience remains significant and also interested in like what's the relationship from your perspective between a conversation around resilience and conversations we have about uh, self-care and conversations we have about Stress, anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, where where are you? Where do you open up this conversation with yourself? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that we just people are under a lot of pressure. You know, I think I, I see that everywhere, and and we're hearing hearing that everywhere. Um, you know, even. When I, when I stepped off of campus, you know, last week and I was visiting people, I think people are really needing um, to hear good news, you know. Um, so people are dealing with kind of multiple things in the environment, right? So you have um, the campus itself, you know, that wanting to do well, the schedules that the students have, the studying that the students have, um, that's part of their life. And then you kind of have this external climate and all of these things that are also coming into them, you know, through what's happening in the world and it's on their phone, you know, at, you know, every second. And all of those things, you know, they all impact the heart. They all impact the, st the, the state of a person, their spirituality and, and kind of where they're at. Um, you know, so I think the, the question of you know, resiliency is is related completely to wellness, right? Um, and, you know, how do we, when the environment, you know, is, is not always working for us, like how do we um, protect ourselves from that? How do we strengthen ourselves in the midst of that? Um, so that we can keep going and doing kind of what we need to do, um, you know, I feel like resilience is kind of like a newish word. I feel like maybe about the past five years, it's been something that I, I feel people have started talking about this concept of resilience a lot. Um, when I was, was trying to connect it back to the tradition, um, the, the concept that came to my mind was this concept that we have of uh, sabr, um, which they translate a lot as patience, right? Um, so we talk, we have this, um, 
This idea of, you know, by the time, you know, the squeezing and that pressure of time, you know, mankind is in loss except for those that, um, you know, that establish sort of truth and that have this patience, perseverance. So there's this, this idea of sabr, um, it's something that I like to you know, reframe for, for my students because we have translation issues sometimes, you know. People choose a word and they lose the, the larger concept of it, right? Um, and so just, you know, this idea of patience, maybe we just think it means put up with whatever, you know. But there is a perseverance action, you know, aspect to this word as well, right? Um, that, that means that, all right, well, whatever happens, you know, our ability not just to tolerate or to put up with it, but to be able to, to do what it is that we're supposed to do in the face of those difficulties, you know. And that might mean, like, waking up for prayer when you're tired, you know, that that's an act of suffer, that's an act of perseverance. It might be the days of fasting that we talked about, you know, uh, last time, you know, that that's, you know, doing it anyway, even when it's not easy, right? Um, it can be that avoiding, avoiding where you're not supposed to be. Like no matter how much temptation, no matter how much pressure, that you still kind of do what you need to do. Um, and to me, I think that's how I connect with, with sort of this idea of, of, of resiliency. Um, yes, I, I want to like respond to where you're at right here. I also want to like step back for a moment to the kind of contemporary like experience of of students i think that like there's the there's the perseverance there's the resilience that a human needs and has always needed mm-hmm. to contend with the challenges of life but then there are stressors that are so peculiarly contemporary mm-hmm. Uh, you talked about the phone and information Absolutely. coming on the phone, and this is not something that students are burdened with. It's something that we're all burdened with. So mm-hmm. there's like the there's the resilience that one needed to just be a human throughout human the human experience, and then there's yeah. the kind of yeah. contemporary resilience, which is uh, uh, which is a type of we're still trying to get I think get our heads and our hearts around what. Uh, what are the best practices of uh, uh, to live to flourish as a as a person uh, in uh, the kind of the contemporary uh, 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 hyper hyperlinked you know uh, 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 moment mm-hmm. uh, and um, I think that like the questions right now are are just as important as the answers are in terms of trying to contend with with trying to figure out what resilience for you know uh, for us looks like um, when it comes to this notion of um, of, of patience mm-hmm. uh, I'm also struck by how the, the examples that you gave were kind of like the daily moments of patience the daily moments of resilience but I'm also struck by how in the mm-hmm. kind of the arc of a person's life and in the, in the, in the storytelling that goes on in a, uh, in a person's life, who I am, 
where I came from, what I have accomplished, uh, that every life, it seems, is, is marked by, or every story contains within it, uh, the unexpected, mm-hmm. uh, the serendipitous, mm-hmm. the, the challenging, the, the, the traumatic even. The painful. The painful. And so, and, 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 and there is the type of resilience of the, I think we often are thinking about resilience as a, like, as a, a narrow, how do we get, get through today? Mm-hmm. But, but, the, but the, the, um, the patience, the resilience, you know, to kind of, to wait to see, to, to synthesize, to put together the story of one's life, uh, uh, you know, not day to day, but over the course of years and over the course of, there's a certain type of resilience that is, I think, very human in, in, in that act uh, mm-hmm. and, from, and from that perspective. Um, uh, and, is, and, and it is incredibly difficult to uh, attain that resilience. I, I would suggest that uh, that not everyone is capable of of telling the story of their life, what happens to them, uh, 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 or I uh, say so not everyone is capable of of making sense of, of owning, of of actually telling the mm. you know that the, the things happen that ultimately we don't have the patience for, that ultimately mm. we are not resilient enough to to make sense of, uh, um, but that I see uh, so I see. Uh, obviously, the question of, of how we talk about resilience for 19, 20, 21-year-olds mm-hmm. is one thing and super important, and we need to attend to that. And there's also like uh, a, 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 another perspective, uh, and that is the, res- the, the, the capacity to be resilient over the course of one's life uh, in telling and narrating that story of who you think you are, who you, who you ought to be. I see you opening your book. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I am. I was like, maybe we'll actually check where in are with we, the... Where are we going? With the, uh, the, where are you oh, taking goodness, us? Goodness. Back to the same text that we, we were looking at before, which is the, the Hikam of uh, Ibn Atullah, um, which is, you know, um, a book of Sufi aphorisms, right, that, that are used to sort of frame and discuss a lot of different spiritual um, sort of concepts. And there, there is, there is a, a section here on, um, with a few different aphorisms related to the idea of patience through um, adversity. Uh, and, you know, one of them, I guess, we'll, we'll just start with one of them. Um, as long as you're in this world, be not surprised that the existence, at the existence of sorrows. For truly, it manifests nothing but what is in keeping with the character of its inevitable nature. Okay. Um, yeah, so as long as we're in the world, we kind of expect things to suck a little bit because, um, you know, in, in Arabic, they talk about this world, they talk about the dunya, as something that's low, right? This idea that, that uh, this world is something that, it's our testing ground. It's like, you know, um, when the students go into their exams, it's stressful, it's hard, um, but they know it's an exam, right? And so they push for it, they study for it, they lose sleep for it, they, they strive and they struggle, but they know, it's, they know that it's gonna end. You know, um, that we sort of, the, the world, we expect that the same 
way, that we know this isn't the permanent home, this is, this is sort of the testing ground. Um, you know, coming back to like, you know, kind of this idea of what you were saying about the story of, of our lives, right? Um, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, I think I've come to is, you know, the last time when we, we opened this book, we talked about knowledge, right? And sort of the, the importance of knowledge, the idea that knowledge is a light and that it removes the veils and it kind of gives us our understanding, right? Um, that in some ways this knowledge is also a cognitive frame, right? And I, I think that it, when it connects to resiliency, this having this knowledge of what our tradition says about why things are the way they are. And then also having, um, you know, our practices that are like kind of exercises for our soul, right? That this builds a spiritual strength, right? So that when we're hit with adversity, adversity you know, we have a frame for understanding it, right? Um, and that we also have, you know, uh, I was talking about the project I'm involved in with this idea of rewiring the brain for peace, the idea that the practices that we engage in, like spiritual practices that we engage in, something is going on in our, you know, we are changing our brains based on the recitations, based on our prayers, based on our reflections, that all of this stuff is, is changing who we are um, at the level of neurology, at the level of biology. Um, you know, for me, it's feeding the soul, you know, and strengthening that soul. Um, and, and those are the things that give us kind of resiliency when something hits us. Um, I think when I did my hospital chaplaincy, you know, and, and you know, you would be hit with, uh, you know, tragic, tragic loss and death and um, unexpected, you know, suffering. And, and people would ask why. When people get hit with something that hurts them bad, they ask why. Um, but one of the things I think I learned at that time is that's not the time you can teach theology, you know? That I think that if people have a frame um, and they've, they've kind of studied their tradition, then when adversity hits them, they have a place to put it. They have a way of telling that story, as you say, that makes it make sense and that, that, it, that helps them you know, be resilient and get through that in a positive way, um, to interact with it as, as part of their understanding of their self-concept and who they are in the world, who they are in relationship to the divine. Um, but I think when people haven't contemplated it, it's, it, it's a little more um, difficult. But I don't know, I mean, what your thoughts are. <clears throat> well, I'm just, I'm sitting here thinking about the function of ritual and the function of stories in our life. I mean, you know, one, of, one of the kind of reflections I've had as a, as a who am I as a rabbi is mm-hmm. um, it, recently I've been feeling like I want to say I am the keeper of the stories. Uh, and I'm aware of the significance and, and function of these stories in making meaning out of our lives. I'm also aware of, um, of uh, the fact that um, we live in a society of competing stories. Mm-hmm. And I feel like to some extent the stories that, that I serve as a translator of and and uh, transmitter of mm-hmm. are, uh, are, are compete with and have different values than other stories. And I will just suggest, I would suggest that here on this campus, there are uh, 
there are behaviors, there are realities that I think have stories behind them. So, for example, if, if, if students don't have the capacity or feel in, uh, uh, um, uh, like they are um, unable to, to share their shortcomings with one another, mm-hmm. my sense is that there is a story that is being told about how everyone is um, perfect and about mm-hmm. how no one has failed and about um, and about there's a story about success that 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 is um, that does not take into account the uh, risks and the failures and the and the shortcomings that are the often, humanity the, the human right of course I mean like it's so <laughs> obvious still, yeah. but, but in other words I think that there is a there are cultural stories that are told that we bear that we mm. carry mm-hmm. and that we suffer through uh, the bur- their burden. <clears throat> one of the, and so I think one of the, <clears throat> excuse me, tikkunim, the, the, uh, the sources of healing that we can do for ourselves and that we could um, be uh, 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 bearers of as religious mm-hmm. leaders is to tell different stories. Yeah. And so, and to give people access to different stories. So, and, and the reality is we don't have to tell uh, esoteric stories. Some of the, the core stories are stories of, um, let's say, uh, uh, self, uh, individuation or self-actualization through the trials of failure and through the trials mm-hmm. of, of injury and through the trials of, 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 of not winning, of not succeeding, or of the ambivalence of uh, uh, ambiguity of did I succeed or not. I'm thinking, you know, uh, of course, of the story of Yaakov, the story of Jacob, when he in the middle of the night contends with and fights the Ish, the man, or who usually is translated as the, the angel. And, and at the end of that story, uh, Yaakov is, is injured. He, he ends up limping away from that battle. But it's through that story that, that Jacob is renamed Israel. And, and so his, he comes into his own identity. He comes into his process of self-actualization of authenticity, of his own truth, through an experience of wrestling and ultimately of injury. Not of a clear-cut success, but of a type of ambiguity of success, a type of failure, a type of risk-taking, a type of, it wasn't clear-cut, right? It was, he ends up limping away. And that story for me is a very powerful story on the one hand because it is such a critical story Mm -hmm. about the nature of people, the nature of what it means to be a Jew, the nature of the Jewish people, but really a story of, of people coming, becoming themselves, uh, coming to embody their names, mm. uh, actualize their names. Um, but it's also such a provocative story that, like, that, that whose lesson, that, that I think it's a story that if we engaged with enough, that it's like you said, we, we rewire ourselves to understand to expect, to, to anticipate that our story of self-actualization, our story of becoming who we are meant to be, has to involve a certain level of wrestling and, and, and ultimately perhaps even injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope that it's not physical injury, but even then, it, it's some type, there is some type of injury that is involved in uh, some type of wounding, 
some type of limping that is involved in becoming most who I am. Uh, and I think that that is a story that ought to be told more and we ought yeah. to tell ourselves more. Um, and when I perceive that, 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 that students don't have the capacity to share their, let's say, injuries with one another, mm. their failures, it's because we have not told the story enough. Or to put it, there are just other stories out there that are, um, uh, uh, that are in tension with our inherited uh, um, traditions around what it means to be a person. Um, I think that's absolutely, I mean, you're getting to the heart of what's really, I think, critical with um, our times and being here on campus and just the idea of who we're supposed to be um, and, and the standards we set, um, what are the measures that, that, that we take, you know. Um, you know, I, I always, I had this moment with one of my teachers once where I, you know, I had gone in and I was discussing something and, you know, I, I was um, talking about my own securities about something, thinking like, oh, I'm not good enough for this or that or, or, or what have you. And he just looked at me so strange. And the next time I met with him, he, we were working on a book together, right, on a compilation of sayings of the prophets around bringing peace into this world. He started talking about how people don't have peace within themselves um, because of a kind of arrogance, okay? And this is a kind that says that you're supposed to be something but better than other people, that you're supposed to be something better than this, that you're supposed to have some kind of perfection. And when we don't have that, then we're, we're not, we don't have that tranquility in our hearts um, versus being able to have humility. And where is that space of humility to say like, okay, um, you know, we talk about being servants of God, right? Um, and that's the highest rank that we can have, you know, but yet God doesn't need us, right, in, in, this, in this thing. Um, just this weekend, I was at a conference and they were doing this conversation with parents, right? And they said no one ever went to hell because they didn't go to college, you know? I mean, how much stress and anxiety we, we are taking on um, for things that are really more just stress and anxiety that we're taking on, you know? Um, you know, and, and, and how is that, how much of it is that image that we're trying to create and we're trying to maintain it for? front of other people. Um, and it's exhausting. You know, I, I, think, it's, I think it's really exhausting. Um, so I think, you know, coming back and telling that story that, yeah, we are human. Um, you know, we talk about the prophets as the people who had the most struggles and the most hardship. Um, that, that they were the people who had the most pain in this world. Um, and that some of the people who are most beloved by God are the people who have the most you know, pain, and they have the most struggle. Um, you talk about the, su the suffering of Job, right? Um, and this idea that for us, when we talk about this story, we're like, that was how God revealed how special he was. That he was, that he, he was a lover of God, and he was a beloved of God. And that belovedness was actually revealed through his tests. The fact that he had this perseverance, that he had patience, that he, you know, whatever difficulty he was going through, 
he still was sort of, you know, able to be like kind of steadfast when the rest of the world was, you know, turning their backs and, you know, what have you. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is the, we've transitioned from the conversation around <laughs> resilience to the conversation of the mysticism of suffering. So I'm going to advise anyone listening, if you're not ready to take this step, then you could uh, uh, stop listening now. But I, I would say, and I would add that there, of course, is a parallel tradition in the Jewish mm-hmm. uh, inherited uh, uh, tradition. And you know, it's, it can be expressed in lots of ways. Uh, uh, one perhaps softer version is, a, uh, is, is something that, that Reb Nachman of Breslov says. He teaches that Hashem nimtza betoch amini'ah, that God is found within the, the trial, within the challenges, within the, the thing that obstructs your path. Uh, of course, it, it takes a type of, that is no source of consolation when you're going through the challenge necessarily. You just want it to be over. Mm. But it is a kind of radical posture that, 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 that we are invited to assume, which is that there is a type of, there's a certain depth of communion through trial, through failure, through mm-hmm. pain, that is actually um, uh, uh, deeper, higher than uh, any other type of communion. Um, I, I think there is a, a risk in the kind of, in, a, in the, let's say, radical uh, uh, end of that uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, conversation, uh, which ultimately I think kind of normative, uh, uh, normal, the normal mysticism of Judaism ultimately not rejected but positioned as radical, meaning like in general we want to seek a balanced, joyful life, one that right. integrates the, the, the yeah. sufferings but, but generally, you know, mm. it seeks an optimistic, r- resilient, joyful, you know, healthy uh, 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 state of affairs, and yet there is, of course, I think a place where we talk about uh, uh, the sanctity, the holiness of the of the poor, of one, the one who suffers, of the uh, of the place of pain. Um, uh, if you've worked, you know, in the hospital, I think there is a certain uh, 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 religious thing that takes place, a spirituality of the, of the, of the trauma bay or a spirituality mm-hmm. of, of, of the, those who are going through the great trials of, of physical health. Um, I think we talk, I think that from my take is to, is to talk about that in the, uh, uh, in the margins of, of the spiritual discourse. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is ultimately, because it is usually a, a private, it is usually so private. Um, mm. And it is not, and it is kind of, it is not a path that we wish for anyone necessarily, no, nor is it a, the advisable path, but it is a reality that there is a, there's a type of a spiritual bedrock there, uh, a foundation there that, um, there, there is a possibility of communion through, uh, right? I mean, uh, right. 
No, I, I, I mean, I agree with you. Um, I mean, definitely we talk about, you know, we, we ask for good in this life and good in the hereafter. Um, I mean, all of the tradition, you know, is about cultivating wellness, right? Um, but yet at the same time knowing that, that hardships come, right? Mm -hmm. That we want, we don't, but we don't seek them. We definitely don't seek the hardships. We don't seek pain, right? Mm -hmm. The pain is there to like guide us usually away from something, you know, that's part of its, its, its function. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. We get into the kind of mystical thing that says yeah. that, yeah, you know, when you are, when you are in pain, um, someone was saying something about it's, it's like the sauce for prayer, right? That you, 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 you reach a little deeper in your, I think sometimes you're connecting to the divine when you're, when you're feeling that kind of pressure and constriction and, mm -hmm. and what have you. Yeah.